Hey there, I'm Sarah Duty, host of the Career Strategy Podcast. Many professionals are seeking more impact, flexibility, growth, and let's face it, getting paid what they're worth. But how do you unlock this in your career? It starts with strategy. I'm taking you behind the scenes of what's working for my career coaching clients. You'll hear strategies and actionable, yet sometimes against the grain, advice for how you can be the CEO of your career and stop dreading Mondays. Ready to level up your career? Let's get after it. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about why treating your career like a product can be really helpful in helping you reach your goals faster. And, you know, I think it's honestly a little ironic that many of you spend your day-to-day at your job doing design, doing strategy for these products and companies you work on, but you don't apply a lot of these principles to your career. So that's what we're going to talk about today, because I really believe that your career has a lot in common with a product and that the reason so many products fail is the same reason why it feels so difficult for you to reach your short and long-term career goals. I want to just first start off thinking about what are some of the reasons that products fail, right? And maybe you have many ideas based on products you've worked on previously in your career. So products fail because I think we can lump it into three kind of categories. First, I think products fail because there was something wrong with their design, right? It just didn't work as planned or as expected. Or once they got that product into the hands of potential customers or users, those people had trouble or kind of thought, why do I need this? And one example that comes to mind is the company Juicero. If you Google that, you will find all kinds of really great articles about it. But Juicero was basically kind of like Nespresso for juice. And long story short, it was a really expensive machine. They raised all kinds of money, a lot of money, millions and millions. And you put these kind of like plastic packages of fruit in this machine and it would you know juice it the problem was that reporters from bloomberg realized hey i can just squeeze this packet of juice or vegetables and fruit with my hand and get the same result without buying this machine that was i think it was $700 but google it and you'll find out anyway that product failed one of the reasons, because of its design, right? Another reason products fail, marketing. You can probably yourself think of many examples of marketing where the marketing failed or was not received in the way that the company intended. And you know, one company that comes to mind, this is going back a while, but after the iPod came out, Apple's iPod, and became so popular, Microsoft launched the Zune, their version of the iPod, but the Zune didn't really last. And my hunch is that Microsoft kind of had a big opportunity there, right? They didn't have to 
convince people like this concept of having this tiny device and all your music goes on it. And why is that such a benefit and everything? Like Apple had kind of paved the way. So all Microsoft needed to do was just like market this thing, but they didn't do that good a job. And as a result, the Zune did not last very long. And the third reason that I think a lot of products fail is because of the sales component. And when I say sales, I'm talking about a lot of things. One of them obviously is price. One of them could be relationships, right? And you can probably think of examples, maybe in your own life, where you were going to buy a car or a house or insurance or something. And you already bought into kind of the design, right? The features and benefits of that house or that car or the insurance. You were already, you know, attracted to this because maybe the marketing, maybe it was word of mouth marketing. And when it came time to kind of close the deal, you walked away because something didn't feel right or you were turned off, whether that was a sleazy salesperson or they changed the price on you, or there were like all these hidden things that came up at the end. That's what I'm talking about when I say the sales part of this. So products can fail for three reasons. And I think most of the reasons fall into these three categories of the design, the marketing, and the kind of sales element. And so the thing I want you to picture is a stool. And each of these concepts, design, marketing, and sales, you need all those things for the stool to stand up, right? You can't just have marketing and design. If your sales is not strong, it's not going to it's not going to be saved by your design and marketing. If your product is faulty, ultimately no amount of marketing and sales can help sell this product that, you know, doesn't work or that even if people do buy it, they write horrible reviews because it doesn't work, right? So this design sales marketing, it's like a stool and we need all of them to work together. Otherwise, I don't think a company and a product really has a chance at long-term success. And what does this have to do with your career? It has a lot to do with your career because in your career, you are a product and I call it the product of you. It's also the name of my book that's coming out in Q1. But in your career, you are a product. And companies are hiring you to do a job for them, right? Or if you do freelance, your freelance clients are hiring you to do a job for them. And if you want companies, hiring managers, recruiters, etc., to notice you and hire you, you have to show them how you are going to solve problems they have or needs they have. And this whole idea of the product of you and you being a product, this is not just about getting hired. So if you are happily employed right now, please don't tune out because this definitely applies to you also. Because the thing to remember is that every day in your job, you are trying to get people to buy into things. You're trying to get them to buy into your ideas, your perspectives, your design concepts you made, sales strategies. You're trying to get your boss to buy into the idea that they should give you a promotion 
or a job title or a raise, right? And so every day in your job, you are trying to get people to buy into different things. And the customers for your product, like I said, it might be your boss is a customer of you because you want your boss to see your value and give you a raise. Another customer might be your colleagues, your peers, because you want them to see how awesome your skills and experience and superpowers are. So they mention that when they do a performance review. Who else are customers of you? Okay, your clients or stakeholders in your job, right? Because you want them to buy into your ideas and the suggestions for the projects you're working on in your job. And of course, obviously, hiring managers, recruiters, the decision makers are your customers because they are the ones that will ultimately result in you getting hired or not. When we think of these parallels between your career and you as a product and companies, you know, every CEO knows that it's really, really critical that you are always evolving and evaluating your product, right? You're staying current. You're understanding your markets and customers' needs and how things are changing. And a great CEO also knows that it's so important to always be marketing and selling your product, your service, your business, so that it can stay visible. And that word visible is so important here because when you are visible, you stay top of mind so that eventually, someday, when someone needs your product, your skills, your talent, your services, etc., your company or brand will be the first one they think of. And this is why I'm such a huge advocate of being visible in places and platforms where you think your, quote, customers hang out, right? And for me personally, earlier in my career, the places that I focused on staying visible were Twitter, first of all, and then eventually through an email newsletter that I started. And of course, Twitter is not as engaging as it used to be back in the you know early, mid-2000s. But when I talk about visibility now, and for me personally, how I maintain visibility for the product of Sarah is on LinkedIn, for sure, Instagram, YouTube. Now, saying all this, I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, Sarah's telling me I need to go make accounts on all these platforms and make videos and articles and newsletters every day. That's not what I'm saying. The point of this is it's really important that you are doing small things to be marketing and selling yourself, to stay visible, to stay top of mind so that people remember you and your skills and your experience so that, you know, someday when your colleagues are given a performance review, they remember, oh yeah, like I saw Sarah talking about or posting about that thing we worked on, whether or not it's publicly or privately, publicly on LinkedIn or privately, like at the virtual water cooler of your company, you want them to have you be top of mind. So I want to kind of try and make this really actionable for you. So the first question of three questions here, um, the first one is, 
are you clear on the design of you, the product of you? And what I mean is, do you have clarity on your core features, right? Products have features, you have features. Your features are your skills, your expertise, your experience, the knowledge that you have of maybe certain industries. Like let's say you're a product designer and you have all these features, you know how to use this software and these design methods and you're great at design systems and whatever. You also have other features such as you have worked in the healthcare space for five years and you understand the complexity of all the compliance and privacy and all these things that can impact products in the healthcare industry. That's what I'm talking about when I say core features. So are you really clear on your core features, your skills, your strengths, your superpowers, right? And I want you to think beyond your job title, like what makes you unique? Such as with that healthcare example, do you have specific traits and qualifications and experience that would set you apart from someone else who might have the same exact job title as you, but when you expand beyond the job title and think about your core features helps set you apart far more from that person who has the exact same job title as you. Question number one for you to ponder, are you clear on the design of you? And if you're not clear, you need to take some time and think, okay, beyond the job title I have, and I know Figma, and I know this software and that software, kind of make like a little feature list of the product of you. Now, the next question I want you to think about is, what are you doing in your career to be marketing the product of you? Now, there's many things you could be doing. At a bare minimum, I want you to think about the core marketing materials for the product of you, which are really, in my opinion, your resume, your LinkedIn profile for sure. If you have a presentation of examples of your work or a portfolio, that would be another example of your marketing materials. Maybe you have a website or an online presence of some type. And then any other kind of presences that you might have professionally. So maybe you have an Instagram, maybe you have a newsletter. If you don't, don't stress out. But you want to be thinking about what are you doing to market this product of you? And kind of sub questions here are, are those marketing materials up to date, right? If someone slid into your inbox or your friend said to you tomorrow, oh my gosh, I just saw this job. It's perfect for you. And I know someone at the company and your marketing materials were not ready to go. That's going to be a problem, right? So you want to make sure that your marketing materials are up to date and reflective of what we talked about in number one, your features, your benefits, the, the design of the product of you. And like I said, I want to reiterate, this is not about going out there and becoming some influencer. It's about being visible and being ready in case someone asks for or an opportunity presents itself where you might need these marketing materials. Another thing I would 
really mention here regarding the, the marketing of the product of you is that there's kind of a myth out there that in order for a product to be successful, you need like a big audience or in the online space, you need a big email list or a big following on social media or something. And this notion of your ability to have customers, let's say, is dependent on having a large audience. I don't buy into that. It's less about the size of your network and more about the quality of those relationships. Because think of it like this on LinkedIn. If you have 20,000 connections on LinkedIn, but you don't really have relationships with those people, those 20,000 20, connections are pretty useless if you were to email some of them or post on your profile and no one pays attention to you. So by being really intentional and focusing on the quality of the relationships you have, not the size of your network, you are going to increase the chances that when you when you email them, when you message them, when you post, say on LinkedIn, that you're looking for a role, et cetera, they're actually going to pay attention to you, right? And that comes from this relationship building, which in parallel with relationship building comes trust building, which is what marketing is really all about, right? It's about having people become aware of you and building that trust and confidence in whatever you are, are selling. And, you know, we see this with products every day, right? You see TV commercials, you hear radio commercials, et cetera, and you start to have awareness of companies and products. Over time, you start to be curious about them. Maybe you'll go Google them to see, to see what they're all about. And one thing I want to point out that just kind of came to me in the past 48 hours regarding marketing is this trust factor is so important because the trust that you build up with your audience can come tearing down very quickly based on different marketing activities you do. And currently right now, this fast fashion retailer called Sheen or Shein, depending on how you say it, S-H-E-I-N, they are kind of under the microscope right now because they had a bunch of influencers come and tour their, their production line of where they make all their clothing and accessories and stuff. And there's a lot of backlash because this company also produces a lot of waste and is not sustainable and all these things. And we will see what happens. It will not be surprising to me if a year from now we're talking about how this company may not exist. So that's a great example. And if you want to follow it real time, just Google S-H-E-I-N and you will see tons of articles going out yesterday, today about this. And there might be a marketing case study here in the future about the downfall because they did this kind of marketing stunt and brought these influencers to their factory, but it it might blow up. We'll see. All right. So what are you doing to do the marketing of you? Are your marketing materials up to date? Are you confident in them? Do you have to scramble if someone tomorrow says, oh my gosh, I have a job, you should apply for it? That's what I mean when I say the marketing of you. And then the last thing to think about is, what are you doing to sell the product of you? Now, sales doesn't need to be sleazy. I know many of us, myself included, 
you kind of just imagine like bad sales experiences, not very authentic, et cetera. And when I say sales, I'm really talking about relationships and this marketing and sales are very intertwined. But the point of sales relationships is that you want to have relationships in place before you need them. So an example, let's say you wanted to apply for a job at Amazon and you know zero people at Amazon. Okay, well, the time to be building relationships with people who work at Amazon is not like the day before you want to apply for a job there. A better scenario would be you know you want to apply to a job at Amazon in the next year, like they're on your dream list. Okay, if you know that today, then one of the things you should be doing is trying to build relationships with people who work at Amazon. Not so that six months or a year from now, you can message them and say, hey, I want to apply at Amazon. Can you do me, do me any favors? But you want to have that relationship in place so that organically, they might tell you that their team is hiring. You might find out about jobs before they hit kind of public job boards. Or if you do apply to a job at Amazon, you already have contact with someone at Amazon that you could ask questions about company culture or the interview process or something. And you're not scrambling to try and find someone who works there because if you don't know someone who works at Amazon and you apply there, then if you have questions or you want to kind of ask someone about, you know, I noticed you worked at Amazon for two years. Like what's kept you there? What do you like about it? What you don't like about it? You won't be able to ask those questions because you won't know anyone who works there. And if you just start cold emailing people, who knows if they'll answer you and Plus, you're on a time crunch because you just applied, right? So that's what I mean when I say, what are you doing to sell the product of you? What are you trying? What are you doing to actively build relationships to help in this element of selling the product of you, right? This could also mean building relationships with people at your company in other departments. You know, this is not just about getting hired. It could mean building relationships to get allies in other departments so that you have people to help sell ideas or sell pitches to for, you know, things that you've come up with together. All right. So I know that was a lot. I want to recap really quick. So we need to treat our careers as a product because whether you're selling insurance or clothing or vacation packages or your skills as a professional, you're going to increase the chances that you're successful if you are mindful and intentional about the design of your product, the marketing of your product, and the sales of your product, right? And so be thinking about, do you need more clarity on the design of your product? Do you have a strong elevator pitch, right? That's an element of the design of your product. Do you have clarity on your skills beyond just what your job title is? What makes you unique and different from other people with the same job title as you? What are you doing to develop your marketing materials for the product of you? And are they ready to go? Or would you need to hustle and pull an all-nighter to get them all ready? And then what are you doing to sell the product of you? Do you have relationships in place that are really strategic based on your short and long-term goals? Or would you end up just sending a bunch of cold emails and crossing your fingers 
if you were to apply at a company, let's say, and you didn't know anyone there. And remember that these three elements of this design, marketing, and sales, they have to work together because they're like this stool and you need all three of them to hold you up in your career. So I'm curious now, if you had to put your kind of number one takeaway on a post-it note, what's your number one takeaway or your aha or like brain exploding emoji type moment from this? Thanks for listening to the Career Strategy Podcast. Make sure to follow me, Sarah Duty, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. If anything in today's episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear about it. Tag me on social media or send me a DM. And lastly, if you found this episode helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you could share it with a friend or give us a quick rating on Spotify or review on Apple Podcasts. Catch you later.